King Hell and Skin. If we're behind, then never mind. We'll fight and fight and win for we're from Tigerland. We never weaken till the fight. I don't want to know how long there is, Ox. Don't tell us. Tell you, reckon, don't tell us. I reckon it's about. Don't tell us. <laughs> don't tell us. Chance, ball in dispute. Weller. Oh, no. oh. comes out. Lambert. Kick smothered. Gonna play on. Five goes in. Sutcliffe can't get a handle on it. Ellis out of the congestion. Oh, no. Brandon Ellis. Oh, can you believe this? The, goal. <laughs> the Tigers are in front. Oh, they're gonna win. Can you believe it? They're all running to the other end, guys. They know there's not long left. Out of nowhere. The ball was bouncing around all over the place. Look at Ross Lyon. Brandon Ellis snaps it out of nowhere and oh. he kicks it from 35 and Richmond's in front. 10-10-70 the Tigers. Fremantle 9, 12, 66. Yeah, it was just a cough up for I think it was Lockie Neal with the great tackle. Well, there is time, boys. There's plenty of time. Yeah, we'll have a look what's behind the They need the ball, to be good and they need to be solid. Ball in the middle. The Tigers lead by four. They trailed by... 28, I think eight. it was, was the biggest margin. 31, I reckon. 31 it was, it was there you go. three quarter time. Sanderland's up, ball down. Sanderland's didn't get it, but Neil's got it out of the centre. He'll have a shot, drives it in, ball. Here it is. Monday. 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 Oh, my God. He's not. Monday is not. the siren. 35 metres out. Oh, my God. 40 degree angle. <laughs> David Mundy can sink oh! the Tigers! gone! What a game! He can sink the Tigers! Oh, David Mundy! Oh, no no bigger kick in this experienced player's life. I'm going to back him in, Del. I've got out. He's done it before. I'm going to back it in. David Mundy! It's a big angle, though. He's got 18 players on the mark. Ordinarily, he'd want to run around here. Well, you can't. He's seven steps inside the boundary line. 35 out, he comes in. David Mundy! He's got, he's got, got it! He's got oh, it! What a kick! It. He's kicked the goal! What a kick! The Tigers are down, they're done! What a game! Fremantle have got out of the jail! Oh, what a it. win! What a <laughs> win! <laughs> Who said this is a boring game? Oh, you will never see a finish like that. From Richmond, they were dead and buried. They got up, they got in front, and now David Mundy has stuffed <laughs> it up for Richmond. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third edition of Tiger Tragics. And this week, the, the name couldn't be more appropriate. Fitting, this sound like a wake, Mitch. Come on, <laughs> pump up. We won, didn't we? No, did no. We we lost. What? We, lost. we kicked we... a goal with twenty seconds to go. We're in front. At that point in time, I had to go because I had a family function. <laughs> what do you well, mean we lost? I, I thought we had it in the bag. I just went down to the toilets. I was busting for a whiz. <laughs> and then I heard a crowd reaction. Uh, I thought, funny, oh. You're a go. funny man, Mitchell. We you lost. Know, we lost. What do you mean we lost? We lost. Well, we couldn't lose that. I'll, ex- not. I'll explain why shortly, but hello to Tony Shabicki. <laughs> hello, Mitchell. Hello to Captain Cal Bianco. G'day, Mitchell. And I'm Mitchell Scott. And uh, three podcasts, three losses. I made the announcement last week, and it is it is a staunch announcement now. This is that if we have six and six, six podcasts for six losses, I'm pulling the pin. Yep, I'm sorry, <laughs> I am fed up pulling the pin. Well, it was bad enough that people were telling me to stay over in America because we were five and zip, and that I shouldn't come back because it was all honky dory and everything was going along so well. And now and you actually start talking about Richmond on a weekly basis. Exactly, and it's we're losing. 
It's no good. It's not good. It's no good. For those who uh, who haven't seen the scores in the end, Richmond uh, battled all day. Didn't really look like they were going to uh, get anywhere near in front. Played 2016 footy for the most part, really. Somehow found another gear in the last quarter and then blew it with 21 seconds to go. I don't know how it compares to the, the last two minutes of the Gold Coast loss from a few years ago, but Richmond finished up 10-10, uh, 70 to Fremantle, 10-12-72. It's our third loss in a row. Uh, gentlemen, your, your initial thoughts and responses. Oh, look, I know when we when we started the podcast three weeks ago, we said that we wanted to try and focus a lot on positives, and we didn't want it to be a knocking session and, and all that sort of stuff, so that's fine. Mm. I'm going to look at the positives in this game. I'm positively pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. That is that is as positive as I can get because it is a basic fundamental of football <laughs> that you have a defensive structure mm. and you practice that defensive structure for situations like this. Well, let's dive into it. 21 seconds to go. We're ahead. We've hit the front by four points. Brandon Ellis, great goal. Yeah. Well done. Got the ball out of the pack. Yeah, fantastic goal. When you break it down, there was uh, we. When you break it down, we were always going to lose that ruck tap. Yes, to Sandlands, we'd been losing it all day. Yep, and uh, and no, all we had to do was when the ball came to ground, lock it in, go again, lock it in. Break it down before that. Break what it- was the first thing that Brandon Ellis did when he kicked the goal? Oh, he celebrated like it was Christmas. Uh, correct. Uh, as soon as he did that, though, 10 seconds after he celebrated, his arm was waving in a motion to tell everybody to get back. They knew exactly how long was left. I can yep. categorically t- tell you that. I, I was watching it from the boundary line. I could mm. see the, the, the coaches telling the players exactly. Um, when you look at the setup as to how they were set up at that bounce, you had Rioli was alone on a wing for some reason. We had three blokes being manned up forward of centre. Um, Dustin Martin was hanging off Lockie Neal, just a bit loose, a bit casual. Oh, I got this, mate. Don't worry about it. Um, and we, we we had one loose behind the ball, which was Alex Rance back in the goal square. Yep. And Grimes in the end was the player caught uh, between a rock and a hard place because Rance has played back. He needed to play in front of Mundy. Instead, gave him the room to run into open space when the kick came in. Pitiful. What do you think, Carl? How we could possibly kick a goal and think that it's the end of the game and not push everyone back for the crucial, what is it, 25, 30 seconds? 21 seconds. 21 seconds. Bounce. 21 seconds. 19 when you can. It takes two or three seconds for the ball to bounce and then actually be contested. Sandlands had been rucking all day and we'd been rucking to, we'd been uh, basically reading it off him with the way we were contesting the ball. Everyone should have known that was what's going to happen. Instead, Sandlands gets the tap down. He then places the block on Dustin Martin because he was too casual in trying to man up Lockie Neal, who gets the break, runs forward, gets to 60, lines up David oh, Mundy. Stop, stop, stop right there. Hang on. Stop right there. Yep. He runs forward. Do I stick with the bloke that I'm on? I can't remember who he was on at the time, mm. who was running backwards towards the goal square, yep. offering an, another option as a lead yep. for Lockie Neal coming through. Or... Do I run full tilt and put pressure on him? Mm. So if he does get the kick, there may be enough pressure. There's another mistake. And in a split second, you've got two decisions you've got to make. I go back to what I was saying before. What annoys the hell out of me is that two things have happened here. There's been an absolute massive communication breakdown mm. in this situation, or they haven't trained for this situation. It's one or the other. But how can you train for a situation well, you, like but that? You can, no, you can, Carl. You can, Carl, because and, and Hawthorne 
do it all the time. They may not. I'm not sure okay. what they do now. But I know example. other clubs do at, at any point in time, at any scenario in time. Effectively, players have a playbook in their head, and they know what's going to happen. Yep. So if it's going to be a kick out, and we're you know five goals down, and there's two minutes to go. We're going this to is this. what's going to happen. Yep. If there's going to be a goal kicked by us, and we're four points in front, and there's 21 seconds left, this is what's going to happen. Train, pl- teams train; for, they do at local footy level. I know AFL clubs do. I'm just not 100 sure. 100 sure whether Richmond has, and if they haven't. That is a, a massive flaw from the coaching staff in their pre-season training ritual. If they have, and I, and I would hope and I would think that they have, then this has been a massive communication breakdown, from not just from the coach in, in the box, because it's hard for him to get the message out with 20 seconds to go, but just the players and their inability to actually remember what they had to do at that point in time. Yep. And that's inexcusable. You just think that, that situation, as everyone knows, 20 seconds are left. I don't know why everyone wasn't behind the ball bar one. You know, you know that ball's going to be coming in. If you have to run off the line from half back to then come and block it up to, to, to get that stoppage so that we go again, for every stoppage, if you lock it down, you're going to burn five seconds off the clock. Without a doubt. And then the ball gets thrown up or bounced, and it's, there's another two or three. We just had to do that twice. So the kick comes in from Neil. So Mundy manages to get a clear lead, basically, and take the mark uncontested really in the end. Now, Carl, you were standing, you were sitting. I, I was. You wouldn't believe it. So happy Mother's Day as well to all the mothers. Uh, <laughs> my mother decided we should go to the football yesterday to uh, watch Richmond. I thought it was a great idea. Got there a little bit late, but we sat in the Ponsford stand right behind right behind the Frio cheer squad. So you saw it unfolding, coming down the ground. <laughs> so, as soon as the ball came in, I'm like, no, <laughs> no. Here I was making jokes about Fremantle, and I spoke too soon. Mm. <laughs> Monday takes the mark right in front of my eyes, and you just hear all the Fremantle supporters go up, thinking, this is it now. Monday's not going to miss. He's dead-eyed dick in front of goal, and this time's going to be no different. Yeah, what does he do? Takes his time, slots it straight through the middle. From my angle, I did think it was a behind. But that was because I was right behind the goals, yeah. but it was a goal. And, of course, all the Fremantle supporters just big rub it in your face straight through the middle. And it's not the first time he's done it, obviously. obviously no. He broke our hearts two Tell years ago yeah, when exactly. Bashit kicked it up the middle and he just he got fed a little short pass, oh. kicked it after the siren again. Oh. We should have known. It's now let's, let, and, and let's not go back and, and say, this probably cost us a match, this probably cost us a match, because there was a few incidents that probably did. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but at the end of the day, we had the lead. And we could have won. Yep. We didn't deserve to win. No. It would have been a game that we would have taken under absolute sufferance because we did not deserve to win that game. We were shocking yep. for three quarters. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more. And I think it comes down to that adage of good teams find a way to win those games ugly. Now, for up until 21 yeah. seconds to go, we ha- we actually had done that. And then in so typically Richmond Tiger tragic circumstances, which is... That yesterday was kind of the ultimate Richmond fan experience, and that we were horrible for a long time. We started to eat our own. We fa- somehow found another gear to get back into this game, and then managed to shoot ourselves in the foot all in the space of about a quarter and a half. Yep, um, it's the roller, it's the roller coaster we ride. But you're right, we had no, we were in no position to to even get to where we were based on our first three quarters. We didn't turn up for three quarters. Our pressure index, I don't know if you're familiar with the champion data pressure index, but the average 
comp- for the competition across the whole is about 1.8. I don't know how they measure it, but that's the standard number. For the first part of the game, for the first three quarters, we were hovering around that 1.5, 1.6 mark. So we just weren't laying tackles. I mean, it was a putrid game all around, really, for the first three quarters, but it was really that third quarter where they lost it. I mean, they had nine tackles for the whole third quarter. That's just nine, of which 13 players didn't even lay a tackle. So there was nine between nine other players. So it's one tackle for nine for each of nine individuals and 13 who didn't lay a tackle. You cannot win games of football if that's the low level of pressure you're putting on. It's just unbelievable. We were playing like last year's football we couldn't get an inside 50 that actually meant led to anything. Jack Rewalt was, was very well held by Joel Hamling for the most part. We had a couple of umpire decisions that didn't go our way. Can anyone explain? Because I, I didn't see the – there was no replay of that. The goal that was kicked – the, the caddy end, one? Yeah, the caddy one that mm. wasn't allowed at the end of – was it half-time or three-quarter three quarter time? Three-quarter time. And that was three when our time. momentum started. What happened? Go. So caddies kicked the goal – and as the ball has come in uh, just across the, uh, the the goal line, Rewalt, in trying to shepherd it through so that Hamling doesn't get a hand on it, has made contact with Hamling. Now, the angle of replay that I saw, it was marginal. It, look, on a bad day, you'd say it wasn't there. On a good day, you'd say it was. Um, but it was supposedly a, a forearm sort of pushing him under the ball to make sure that he didn't okay. get, get contact. I th- I didn't think it was there. I'm at the, Don't get me wrong, at, at, at that point, we were just wanting any goal we could get. So I was probably a little bit biased in, in trying to judge that. But it is interesting when you look back on it, that was kind of, we were getting momentum in that last five minutes of that third quarter. That goal really... I'm surprised it didn't suck the jam out of our donut, so to speak. If Because if we had, a, had that, we might have... you know, we, Scoreboard says we would have won, but... Because there was no play after that that could have been re rejigged, so to speak. Uh, and there was another. There was another one too. Shane Edwards one. Shane Edwards, yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. But there was another point too, just before half time. Ben Lennon. Did he miss a goal just before half time? No, no, no. It was he Oleg. Mar- he didn't play. It was Oleg Markov kicked it oh, into sorry, the man. Markov, ben Oleg Markov kicked it. Kicked it into yeah. the man on the mark. Correct. And uh, yeah. you know, I think when it comes down to it, and we'll talk about this. Uh, shortly, but uh, Damien Harbuck did forecast some change at the end of the game um, for next week, and I, I think that someone like Markov might be. Did I say Ben Lennon? I'm actually a bit Elton. Todd Elton. Todd, uh, Elton. Todd Elton actually was playing good for the first 15 oh, minutes, and then, he went, and then he went completely missing. Come after, on. He went missing after I that. I don't know what game you were watching. I was watching Richmond versus the, Fremantle. The two times I saw Elton kick for goal, guess where it went? The behind post. post. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly but, yeah. but, but if based on sorry, what we were talking about last week. Sorry, yeah, but not time. sorry. But for his first his first fifteen, twenty minutes in that first quarter, he was quite when Richmond the game was kind of didn't really feel like anything was going on. There was no vibe from the crowd actually. I know I know there was only thirty thousand there, but in that first quarter when the game was sort of trying to be felt out a little bit, we uh there was no sort of feel from the crowd to even sort of you know, be some sort of hindrance to Fremantle at all, and I think that was a real advantage to them. It just it got them into the game, and um, you know, I don't know how you spark that, but it's you know, I suppose it was probably reflective of the contest of what was happening on the ground. Really, there wasn't a lot going on. I think we spoke about this last week, and if if not, I definitely spoke with some other friends about it. Isn't that nice? I consider you guys friends. That's beautiful. <laughs> uh, the deliberate out of bounds decision. There was an op- There was one there, I think, late in the last quarter from, uh, and I can't because uh, I was just so engrossed in the game, I didn't actually take notice of players. A Fremantle player ha- tapped it out yep. towards yeah. the boundary line, yep. and it was not paid deliberate. Now, two things happened there. 
Mm-hmm. When it went over the boundary line, because there were no Frio supporters there, there's no the noise of affirmation. There was yeah, there was no. No, sorry, it was a Richmond player. I think yeah. sent the ball over the line mm. because there was no Frio supporters there. There was no. Oh! Yeah. So at the end of the day, the umpire just let it go. But it was as deliberate as anything that I've ever seen. Mm. The umpires, I have no doubt, get caught into the whole theatre of ball being tapped out, crowd cheering for yep. the out of bounds then paying the decision. And I reckon if there's no... And, and I reckon this is an advantage or a disadvantage that some clubs interstate coming into Melbourne may have or even going anywhere else. Is that because they don't have a best of travelling contingent with them and because they're not making the noise, there is not that cheer of the ball going out and the umpires won't pay it. And that's why I think it's really important that when we... When, you, when, we, when a Victorian team goes to WA... And they get that 95 on 5 yeah, sort of yeah, percentage yeah. of the crowd and the whole place is just bellowing with, with noise of pay the free kick, Correct. pay the free kick. Um, you know, it's only human that it's going to impact in some way. But when they come here to the MCG, we, for some reason, we don't really, particularly with interstate teams, we don't have that sort of uh, absolute cauldron-like atmosphere where we're, we're driving that. And I think that, you know, I don't think we've had necessarily a great rub of the green with the umpires the last couple of weeks. I don't blame results on it, but I think there was a few decisions that in the last two weeks, we spoke about the, the ones from against the Bulldogs and there was a couple of crucial ones yesterday that didn't go our way. And, you know, we hope the rub of the green starts going the right way in the next few weeks. But do you take any actual positives out of the game? I know, I know we took... Oh, look, you do. You, be- you do. And, and, and uh, we would be jovial about it before, but mm. the fact that we were 30... Were we 30 points down? Yep. yep. At one stage, and the fact that we got back in the last quarter to take the lead, I think is a massive positive. Uh, that yep. has to be a massive positive. Richmond teams of the past couple of years may have just dropped their head a little bit and thought, oh, this is it. Let's just reset for next week. Let's get yeah. out of this game. Let's not get injured. And let's get right for next week. That's the way it seemed in the past couple of years. That may have happened yesterday, but it didn't. Once again, they were able to come back like they did. You know, an amazing stat I was told this morning by my brother-in-law we were discussing the, the match. It must have been on television because I didn't hear it. But Richmond, I think, have only once come back from a larger deficit than 18 points at three-quarter time to win a match in the last five years. And that was the game against Melbourne a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks back. We've never come back from a larger deficit than three goals at three-quarter time to actually get up and win the game. That's staggering. Mm. Well, so is it, particularly in those years from 13 to 15 when we were actually consistently won games, I guess maybe we never really had to have that arm wrestle. We were good enough. We were in front. In front, yeah. 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 And did it. And then other times when we haven't, we've probably shot ourselves in the foot so, like we did yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think, Carl? I think we, we can't be uh, having honourable losses and losing by less than a goal. Like, okay, I'll give the boys credit yesterday. Well, three, three now, isn't it, this year? Oh, less than a goal. Yeah. No, because we got flogged by Adelaide. We got flogged by it's Adelaide, two. Yeah. The last two. two. Sorry, yes, the yeah. last two, yeah. So we're now five and three. Not a bad situation to be in, but we should really be seven and one. If GWS you next it. week, all of a sudden, yeah, yeah five and it four. creeps up on us. It's probably realistic of where we actually are at as a team. I think five nil flattered us. I think you know, yeah, yeah, we 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 have aspirations of being a top four team, but I don't think we're there yet. As these last four, three weeks have have shown, the loss to Adelaide, we went, oh well, Adelaide are flying. We'll you know we take that with a grain of salt. Last week we were we were all pretty upbeat, going you know we've we've run the premiers to within a kick and probably should have won the game. 
That yesterday was the loss. That's the one that stings for me the most because they're the games that if you are a genuine top eight, top four, whatever contender, you win those games. You don't you, you don't even think about it. You win those games. You move forward. And then, you, and then it means that you're not under pressure when you have to face a GWS up in GWS that you can just give it your all. And you know what? If you don't come out well on the other side, it's not the end of the world. This one suddenly now puts us staring down the barrel of five and four and then you just and in the week after we've got Essendon and you just don't know what you're going to get with Essendon at the I moment. agree with, I agree with you but also once again let's look at the positive side of it okay yep. we've got a pretty good draw yeah when yep. you look at it when the second half of the year we come home pretty Reasonably nicely strong, yeah. exactly so the fact that we've got this bit in the middle where we've had a couple of losses once again forget the Adelaide game I, I believe that was yep. pretty much an aberration yep. that, that the way it ended it ended yeah but we saw enough in the first quarter to know that they can be competitive against Adelaide if they lasted the whole four quarters. The loss to, to the Bulldogs and the loss to Fremantle, especially the loss to the Bulldogs last week, who are the defending premiers and, a, and one of the, the, the top teams in the competition. If we can just stick th- thick through this next three or four weeks when we do have these couple of tough games ahead... And then turn around, and they may and they may be losses, and you're not going to win every game. That's fine, but if we can minimise the damage and then come home with a run and maybe win our last six or seven or eight, we're definitely going to be playing finals. And know that we've been good enough to be close enough to these teams. Comes final, come finals time. Okay, so. I don't think it's such a bad thing that we lose a few games here because we don't really want to put ourselves in a situation like where we were a couple of weeks ago where we were cooked by the time we played Port Adelaide uh, over at Adelaide Oval in that elimination final. I don't, we lose a couple, okay. We've lost three in a row now. We need to go up to GWS and have a convincing performance this week. And they're gettable. Yeah, they are. They've got a few injuries. and I think we can match them across four quarters, no doubt. There's obviously... Some changes that have to be made with Richmond's best 22 in the lead-up. They will be made, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. But, yeah, not the worst scenario seen to be in right now. We we can still make finals. We can still... If we're going to lose there. matches, let's lose to Adelaide. Let's lose to the Western Bulldogs. Exactly. Yeah. Let's not lose, lose to yeah. Brisbane. Let's not lose to... You know, those teams down towards the bottom of the ladder. It is one of those seasons where anything can happen on any given day, and Fremantle have shown that they've uh, they are a, and they're actually a very formidable side at the MCG. I think they've won their five of their last six, of which three are against us. I, I don't I tell a lie there. I think at least they've beaten uh, they've beaten Melbourne this year already. They've beaten us. Um, they've they had beaten us twice at the MCG leading into this game. We're better against yeah. them at. At Subi, yeah. yeah, we should. We, I never thought I'd be saying that, but let's go and play free out Subi. Yeah. We'll, we'll run, we'll run a mug. My issue with it is, um, as I said last week, it's all well and good to lose those games, but you got to you got to learn from it. And yesterday, that was probably the negative for me. Was for three quarters, we didn't look like we'd learnt from it. We looked like we'd fallen back into our old ways. And um, the challenge this week is to play what we did in that last quarter for four quarters, which we had done for large chunks, uh, you know, in the first five rounds. I know we, you're never going to play a perfect game, I don't think, uh, um, for the most part. But now that just in the last few weeks, we've noticed there's just more inconsistency within matches from from one quarter to the next, and we just got to start stringing that together again. And that probably leads us into. Um, into the potential changes for this week against GWS. Damien Harwick did forecast after the game uh, that there would be some changes for this week. Uh, Off the top of your head, who would you be thinking would be in contention to come in? Presti is an obvious one if he's fit. 
But gentlemen, who else? Did Edwards do enough for me? He looked underdone. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought he was maybe still a week or two underdone. I don't know whether he's better, more beneficial staying in the senior team and getting that experience to get himself back to that stage or whether he needs to go back to the twos for a couple of weeks to get himself back up. But he just didn't seem the old titch that we know. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I, I think he should maybe go back to the VFL, get himself warmed up a bit for dream time. And that probably allows you to bring Sam Lloyd in because Sam Lloyd is that similar sort of... He kicked another three in the VFL. Yeah, okay. Again, his VFL form is amazing. Well, not amazing, but it's it's pushing AFL selection 100%. I've said for the past two weeks he needs to be in our best 22. If he's kicking three or four goals in the VFL, okay, VFL compared to AFL is different, but we know what Lloyd's capable of. A year ago yesterday, he kicked that goal against Sydney. Mm. If he had been in the same situation yesterday, can you imagine if he had kicked the goal on the other end? I mean, it would have been different if he had to kick the goal. We're in the same situation with 21 seconds to go. We would have won by, what, uh, eight points or something like that. But he needs to be in the team this week. If he's not in the team this week, I don't know what's going on at Tigerland or why they're deciding. He might have a niggle and he's maybe just hovering around the VFL until he's 100%. I don't know the story with Sam Lloyd, but I can't see why he's not in our best 22. Going into the game with Prestia not being having come back in, and we dropped Miles in favour of Edwards. I thought we were one tough bull short in the middle, mm. someone who could really sort of get in yeah. there and 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 also add that tackling pressure. And I think that's what really was missing in that first three quarters. And when we during the SEN call yesterday, uh, the the thing that was damning in that third quarter and probably the second quarter as well was our lack of of defensive pressure and the lack of tackles yeah. that we were laying. So for me, they're the players who will be under pressure to be keeping their spot this week. And I went through the tackling stats and the players who I believe will be probably uh, struggling to hold their spot. I think Brand- I think Brandon Ellis might finally be in the gun. I know he kicked the winning goal. Uh, Corey Ellis had bugger all tackles. Todd Elton... Was Corey playing? Corey, yeah, Corey was out there. <laughs> Didn't even realise. Didn't even realise. Um... Guys like Oleg Markov, Camden McIntosh, Jaden Short. Um, I said Todd Elton. He went missing for far too long in that game again. Did bob up at a couple of moments. And I did, as I said before, his first 15 minutes, he looked he looked great. He was getting around. He was mobile. But then absolutely went missing after that. And for me, they're the players who I think might be under pressure because I think Damien Hardwick, uh, he likes tough physical players who laid lots of tackles. And that's what we were doing really well in the first five, six weeks. And that was completely not there yesterday. So who want players who in who can do that? Something I found interesting in particular when, obviously, Fremantle were kicking to the Ponsford end, which was where I was sitting, and obviously Richmond's defenders were, were lining up. Whenever we let a goal go through, the defensive group got together and they just, like, hang their heads, hung their heads down in shame. And then Rance was, like, trying to prick them up and say, you know, what was that? We've got to work, make sure we don't do this, we, we don't do that. Yet it would happen, you know, less than a minute later. It was definitely one of those games where I think Richmond tried a lot of things early on and they just weren't working. And yeah. it was one of those games that you would get to the, the sense of, oh, this just is not our day. And that's probably the way the defenders were feeling at the time. But then come three-quarter time and come the, the, the onslaught from Richmond and – they just played so much better football than Fremantle in that last quarter. And then Fremantle started trying to save the game. You could yeah, see it exactly. with three minutes to go. Pulling they've got a, they've got they've got to kick out, and they you know they're holding the ball aloft, which is their set play. And as Nick Del Santo said during our commentary, that's Ross Lyon speak for kick it long towards the boundary and hope Sanderlands gets it. Sure enough, he did. 
Um, so they were they they were very much in shutdown mode. They knew that we were coming. Um, just un- unfortunately for that last twenty one seconds, yeah. we we dropped we, we dropped our bundle after everything that we'd done. Was there anyone else who you think might be in contention to come in? You mentioned Camden McIntosh. Look, I think he did enough last week mm. to prove that he is a bit of a hard nut. Yep, and he he had a lot of mates yesterday who weren't on song. So well, that's the thing. I, I would I, I wouldn't put Camden McIntosh in that in that team. I think he he did enough last week and did a couple of things yesterday that probably suggest to me that at the moment he's in our best twenty two. We didn't we didn't allow anyone to run with um to Bradley Hill and Michael Walters for me were clearly the difference in terms of how good Fremantle were that they were just ran and ran and ran all day and had the ball on a string. And our lack of imagination, I know taggers are now suddenly back in vogue, our lack of imagination to actually try and do something to shut them down, mm. um, it, it just that's what bothered me, I think, as much as anything else in that third quarter, was we, we could all sit there watching it going, every time the ball, it was Hill to Walters or Walters to Hill, and then they'd run, and sure enough, who's, who's running through half forward for Fremantle? It's Brad Hill or it's Michael Walters. Put someone on, for God's sake! Yeah. That's why I think Don't we all say anything more about that. I think that's why we all felt about it. Nick <laughs> uh, Foster, how far away? Uh, AC joint was was four weeks to, as yeah, a minimum, okay. so he's another three to go. Uh, ben Griffith is still out indefinitely. Um, and it's you know it's, uh, we, with those sort of circumstances you don't like to uh, you, you can never really make a judgment call because at the end of the day it's the player's well being that's at the forefront of it. Here he is now being missed. Yeah. Just that uh, that that extra bit of experience as being that second tall. Because once Rewalt was shut down yesterday, there was no one else there to really step up in that forward line until Martin started getting a bit more of it up there. Um, the other concern that we may have, uh, we, we are recording this on a Monday uh, Monday morning, is the match review panel. Did you see in the very first 10 seconds, Trent Cotchen, Cotchen yeah, jump a punch on, Lock, on Lockie Neal. What do we think? Force insufficient, I would have thought. Yep. Yeah, exactly. There was nothing there. Nothing. He, he in grazed it. his chin, but there was. I mean, he didn't go to the ground. He didn't. There was. Well, he sort of did, but he did. He got up and played yeah. it. Yeah. Game. I think best case scenario there is match review. Look at it. Maybe give him a fine, a thousand dollar fine or something like that, just to for just stupidity. For stupidity. Yeah, exactly. That's what I tend to think. I mean, I look at some of the ones. Yeah, it'd be a fine for. Geez, they, they probably, niggled him, didn't they? Though they they really went hard yeah. on Koch in the first 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. They figured they if we right into him. Break the captain down, yeah. and everyone else will follow. And then, I think, I think he uh, he he sort of had to take a bit of time to find his way into the game. And in that last in that last uh, quarter, he was I, th- I felt reasonably influential. He was actually pretty influential at the start of each quarter. For we we kicked the start of the second quarter, bang goal, uh, and then, you know, and in the last quarter, bang bang bang, went away with it. He will probably get a fine intention. Yeah, inten- you know, they'd be careless, low impact if if they're going to grade it. But I think based on some of the, I mean, if Lance Franklin and Nick Robinson didn't get fined, yeah, for that what happened the last week in that game, um, then I think yeah, it'd be it'll be staggering for the match review panel to suddenly go. Oh, actually, you know what? Rule of the week. We're going. The funny thing out of that was, didn't we actually get the free kick? Yeah, because because <laughs> the players they all then came in on Cochin <laughs> and threw him down, so we got the free kick and the clearance. Um, so before we sort of wrap up, GWS this week, Saturday, Spotless Stadium, uh, your thoughts? Uh, they're going to be tough. They, they've, they've had a couple of issues, haven't they, in the last couple of weeks? A, a good win, solid win at the end against Collingwood, Stevie Johnson. That didn't, isn't that the reason why you get experienced blokes into your team? A lot of people questioned if Stevie Johnson had anything left in him when they brought him in last year. That's the reason why you do it, because these blokes can stand up 
in big occasion matches, and that was a big occasion. Well done to him. We're going we're gonna to have to shut a few down, yep. whether we're capable of doing that or not. We'll find out more on Saturday, but I think we are. We, we, it's just going to have to be another, a different game plan to what we've got in with the last couple of weeks. I think they're gettable. I think we've got to bring that intensity as to what we've done in the last, uh, in, the, in, the, in the sort of the games against Melbourne and, um, and, and, and even West Coast before that. In the wet. We, I actually hope it's wet. I don't think GWS are great in the wet. I think they've got a lot of tools. They have got some injuries. Uh, as you said, they were pretty good to fight it out in that game against Collingwood, given they were two down by half time and, had, and were lacking rotations. For me, this is the real litmus test as to how far we, we've come from last year because the rot really set in in that game up there against them last year where we were literally caught out for the new kids on the block showing the, the, the team of the past how of the last sort of three or four years how they've unfolded. Um, and it's it, I'm not expecting to win, but I think we'll be competitive. Uh, five and four, does then that lead, leave anyone with some more sort of hollow feelings leading into the, the bye and that sort of thing? Carl, what do, you, do you think we can win? Do you, have we got any chance? Against GWS? Yeah. Yeah, of course we do. We, we've got a chance against every side we play this year. We can never say that we don't. I mean, Adelaide was always going to be touch and go, but we show that we can at least match a quality side like Adelaide in a quarter of football. And hopefully down the track, we can match them in more than a quarter of football. I'm optimistic, as we always are. I'm optimistic that we can go up to Sydney and beat them. We've done it before. We've beaten them by over 100 points at Spotless before. It's a smaller ground. I can, I, I reckon... Not getting my hopes up, but I think we can we can go up there and beat them next week. And if we beat them, we make a statement that we have gone up there and beat them as well. That'll be it'll be it's a, it's a big statement. Go I've gone with you. the uh, Dennis committee line here. I was misty optically yesterday. <laughs> I'm now gone optimistically. Just before we wrap up, really quickly, Carl, your best twenty-two. You yep. you wanted to put it together. Yep. Okay. So you challenged me to put a best twenty-two together. So after the loss yesterday, I made my best twenty-two. I've also included three emergencies that are pushing on the edge. So from the back line. Rance full back, Asprey and Grimes to either side of him. Half black, half back, Vlosten, Hooley and Alice. Uh, in the centre line, McIntosh, Miles and Cochin. Half forward, Dustin Martin, Dan Rioli, Sean Grigg. In the forward line, Rewalt, Lloyd and Butler. Uh, rucking will be Nan Kervis and either side of him, Prestia and Caddy. Caddy, yeah, where his position is. Probably not the best position well, there. He, but he, he and Martin would probably rotate. Yeah. Martin goes in the guts there. That would that would be the likely story. And then on the interchange, I've got Lennon, Conker, Markov, and Griffiths. And as emergencies, I've chucked in Short, Lambert, and Alton. So basically, no Castagna. No, no. no Castagna. That was the name that immediately jumped out. No wow. Castagna. He's gone with Lloyd over Castagna. Didn't even make the emergencies. No. Yeah, that, yeah. I would, have, I would have thought you would have had him. I was waiting for him to come up on the bench. Nah, the sorry. Up, the other interesting one there is you haven't got Lambert in the 22, and he seems to be a bit of a fan favourite um, just because he's he's a hard worker. He's yeah. done the hard yards, but not not in yours? Look, I'd, it's debatable. I'd, I'd, I'd probably, if anything, maybe put Lambert in for Butler. and But move it around a little bit. So maybe, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd work it out a little bit differently, but... Yeah, touch and go with Lambert, I think. I'm, I'm not set on him. I, 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 he's a great player, don't get me wrong, but he's he's not in my best 22. Apologies. Fair enough. As we, we wrap up here now, uh, it's uh, let's hope for a win this week. We've, we're zero from three since we've started doing this. We hope we will get the chocolates there. We, we just want to see a competitive performance. And uh, Tony, Carl, I thank you for your time. Oh, no, thank you. Thank Mitch, you, Mitchell. For letting me relive the whole <laughs> bloody thing. 
Happy, uh, it's it's because it's Monday while we're recording this, and everyone's like, Happy Monday, Happy Monday. Yeah. And we're just uh, get stuffed, a lot of you. What's the only ship that hasn't docked in the Fremantle? A premiership? Exactly. Oh, it's cheap. <laughs> Go, Tigers. Like Go, Tigers. We'll catch you next week. Like the tiger of all, the